0: and turn your Bibles real quick. We've got just a few minutes left. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. It's uh, probably one of the most uh, well-known passages. Matthew chapter 28 verse uh, 16 uh, through 20. If you've been with us the last several weeks, we've been uh, really walking through this uh this understanding this series called uh that we were created for significance. And 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 I love that Marius even brought up the story of the lost sheep because we that was one of the ones that we looked at and that God's desire for you and for me and for his church is, is to be people who are on mission with God. And this morning we're gonna be looking at a a, 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 a understanding of, of what does it look like to live a missional life? For some of us, we've never, maybe we've never heard that word before, but but this morning we're gonna take just a few minutes and see what God's word has to say about that and what it looks like and who it's for. So Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20, uh, we're gonna read that real quickly, we're gonna unpack it just for a moment. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. But some doubted. But some doubted. Maybe that's where you are this morning. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority. All authority. Every, every bit of authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, the mission of the church, the thing that Jesus proclaimed to His his followers, you see, this setting here in Matthew 28 is when, and when Jesus went to the cross and he, and he had been risen from the dead, and these were the last words that he gave his disciples. And he said, You know what? All authority has been given to me. And, and here's your purpose, church. Now, that's going to play out in different ways, and, and we're, and we're going to go to different places and we're going to be a part of different ministry, but, but here is your purpose, church. Here is your mission. To make disciples of all nations. To make disciples of all nations. Anybody else? Like, you know, that's a huge thing to accomplish. Anybody else with me? Like, all nations, you know, we look at our world, we look at our country, that's a huge place and all of these things, and Jesus says, I want you to go all, to all nations and proclaim the good news of who Jesus Christ is. The mission of the church is to proclaim the gospel message and to nurture those who choose to surrender to it. How we proclaim and where we proclaim might look different for each of us, but the message should never change. I know as we talk about reaching Muslims, as we talk about going to the nations, as we talk about doing all of these things, Acts 1-8 says, you know what, we've got to be in Jerusalem and one of the things that I love about this church is, is God has stirred our hearts for lost people. That God has stirred our hearts for lost people. And there we are willing to, to do things and to get outside the box and to go and to share God's love in places that some won't go or maybe the people will never want to go in a sense that God has stirred our hearts As a church, everyone who has truly given their life to Jesus has been given the orders to live a missional life. We now live to not promote ourselves, but to promote Christ to proclaim Him through our lives. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, missional living requires Prevailing prayer. Missional living requires prevailing prayer. One one of the easiest resources that we have as Christ followers is prayer, but it is the number one thing that we neglect in our lives. And I am feeling convicted in my own life as I share this, The number one thing that we neglect more than anything is prayer. But it is the number one thing that we must do as Christ followers is that we must be prevailing in our prayer lives. This is not optional. This is not if you want to. Like if we want to see the Spirit of God move in a mighty way, this is a must. It's a must. Missional living requires prevailing prayer. You see, prayer helps us navigate and it guides us of where we're supposed to go and where we're supposed to go and do it. My my family and I were at a A foreign country this past week, and um, I was one of the crazy guys who decided to rent a car. We packed eight people in a seven-seater with all of our luggage. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I got in this SUV, um, and literally, the first thing that I did, all right, everybody's like, hey, let's go here, let's go there. I'm the kind of person, like, I've got to have everything quiet. Who's that person? Like, you got to keep it down. I can't think. All right. Maybe it's a guy thing. All right, and the girls like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. I I, I was like, everyone, you you just got to calm down for a minute. All right. I know I'm excited too, but I'm I'm a frantic mess as well. And so I literally I pull over and I get out my Waze app. All right. That's supposedly really good where I was, and it tells you where to go. I would have been lost without the navigation, guaranteed. Guaranteed. You and I are lost as Christ followers without prayer. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. And I love how Marius said God spoke to him through prayer. You know, some of us would say, you know what, that is crazy. God, God doesn't speak to his children that way. Yes, he does if we allow him the opportunity to do so if we listen. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 it says, I'm sorry, verse 6 it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Not only does prayer. Open the communication between us and God for guidance, but it also enables God more fully to use us because we place ourselves in step with His purpose and His mission. And then James 5, 16, it says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. i got to be honest, I wish that said the prayer of any person. The, the, the prayer of, of, of a righteous person. And you get asked the question, why, why just a righteous person is powerful and effective? Because a righteous person is one who follows the leader instead of standing in the way. A righteous person is one who follows the leader rather than standing in the way of the leader. And I am feeling so convicted right now. There's a story in Mark chapter 9. <clears throat> there's a group of people. There's a, uh, a young boy who, has, who is literally possessed. Um, there's a big crowd around and Jesus is there and Jesus' disciples were there um, and they approach Jesus' disciples first, and they come to Him and say, Hey, my, my, my son, he's possessed, can you do something? And so in that moment, they, they literally tried to cast out the, the, the possessed young boy, cast out the demon in his life, and they were unsuccessful. It's a very interesting story. And so now the father with the boy comes to Jesus. And and this is what he says in Mark chapter 9, verse 22. If you can do anything, please do. And I love Jesus' response. If you can, question mark, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. And in that moment, Jesus, he cast out. That possession. maybe some of us um, have something controlling our lives rather than the Spirit of God. Maybe something else is taking more of our attention. Maybe something else is navigating our lives. You see, the disciples tried to do it in their own power and in their own ability. And I love the story because after it took place, it says they left, and the disciples go to Jesus and say, hey, I'm like, what's the deal here? We don't know exactly the conversation. They're probably thinking, like, we've seen you do it this way before, like, and we tried it, like, like, how come we didn't have any power? How come we were not able to do what you were just able to do? And I love what Jesus responds. In verse 29, Mark chapter 9, he says, this kind can only... Come out by prayer. There's other passages in scripture that says that you know what only this can take place, or only the movement of God will will take place when there's prayer and fasting. We'll leave that for another sermon. Missional living requires prevailing prayer. And here's the scary part. We can be successful without the Holy Spirit. Man, we can can build a church. We can fill the seats. But here's what happens when that takes place. When, When the storms come into our lives, our lives will crumble. The church will crumble because we were not built on a firm foundation. We can do all the right things and we can miss out on what the mission of God has for us in our lives. Maybe that's where we're at this morning. Number two, missional living demands a dependence on God. John chapter 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. And my Father is the gardener. Verse 5, skip down, says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's speaking to us now, His church. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And here we go, apart from me you can do nothing. Here's our response sometimes. Yeah, I can. I'm sure I can. Look what I've built. Look what I've done. Look what I've acquired. Look at all of these things that I have done. Verse 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is this is not this is not a name it and claim it scripture. What this means is, is I have the heart of God. You have the heart of God. My mission, my focus, my purpose is God's heart. And here's the thing: sometimes we think God wants to withhold things from us. Like, I don't want to pray big prayers because I don't I mean, I'm there sometimes in my life. I get skittish. Like I'm scared to pray that prayer. What if God moves in our midst? What if God actually does it? And so sometimes I'll pray once or twice and I'll give up. Anybody else with me? Come on. Missional living demands a dependence on God. There's a story in First Kings chapter 17. The story of King Ahab. King Ahab was a king of Israel, and Israel had gotten off course. And King Ahab was, was leading his people literally into sin and into destruction. Remember, God cares about His children. He cares about the decisions and the choices that we make every single day. It breaks His heart just as parents, when our kids do things, it breaks our hearts. And that story goes on, and God in the Old Testament would always raise up a man or a woman, a prophet or a prophetess, to be the voice of God. And in this particular situation, he raises up a man by the name of Elijah. Elijah goes to the king, and he says, here's what's going to happen. It ain't, ain't going to rain for I don't know how long. And some of you are like, bring it on, because it's been raining. <laughs> Just remember a couple years ago, and everything dried up. Be careful what you pray for. (laughs) I love this story because Elijah he goes and shares this awesome news to the king, and it actually happens, and God says, All right, you gotta run now, you gotta get out of here. That's literally what happens. He goes, You gotta go, you gotta hide. Don't you love to be the mouthpiece of God many times? You see, the gospel message is very offensive to many people because it, it, it contradicts sin. It, 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 it contradicts who we are. Story goes on, Elijah literally hides. He goes, you know what, I'm going to take care of you. My mission is for you to rise up and to speak truth into the, into the life of King Ahab. Let me take care of the rest. Literally, the birds. It says the ravens brought him food in the morning and evening. Now that's the kind of life that I can live. All right. Let's make it a T-bone, maybe Thursday. All right. Don't forget the baked potato. You know, I love some sweet tea. Dr. Pepper, give me an amen. All right. But literally, there's God provided his needs when Elijah was willing to follow the mission that God had for him. And literally the story goes on. It says that the, the, the brook dries up because of the lack of rain and then God says, I want you to go somewhere else. And, and, and he says, go to this widow. And he literally he goes to this town and there's a widow there and he says, ask her for something to drink, and she's going to give it to you exactly the way God shares it. He goes to this widow and says, hey, can I get a drink of water? She's like, oh, yes, I'm going to go. And as she's going off, he says, you know what? Hey, hey make it a loaf of bread as well. And she, and, and she stops, and she says, you know what? All I have is a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, and I was about to go home, and I was about to make it for my son and I before we die because we're starving to death. And here's the thing. When we are obedient to God's calling, God doesn't just take care of us. He also uses us to be a blessing to others. And in the, here's the thing: in that moment, that woman trusted the words of Elijah because God gave him those words, and so she said, "You know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to do it." And she goes and she bakes the bread, and God supplied her needs day after 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 day. After day, after day. Missional living requires prevailing prayer. Missional living demands a dependence on God. Number three, missional living means expecting God to provide leaders. To provide leaders. You know, one of the things that I find interesting, many of you are leaders in many forms and fashions, in in your industry, in your workplace... And, and, and we don't mind getting in front of people and, and sharing about this or that. But, it's, but it's, here's the thing. And we're going to laugh about this, but it's, it's a reality. Hey, would you mind sharing your testimony in front of the whole church? Uh, no. Hey, would you mind presenting to like a thousand people on that business principle that you came up with? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem at all. Been there. Been there. Matthew 9, 37 through 38, it says this, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You see, there's a harvest going on. Like, literally, you go down the street, there's a harvest going on. There's a harvest going on, and if I'm going to be blunt with you, we don't have enough workers. We don't. We don't have enough workers. We don't. We do not have near enough men and women who are willing to stand in the gap, be willing to risk, willing to sacrifice, willing to be uncomfortable for the gospel message. Now, as I was thinking about this, here's how God responded. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. You see, my lack of faith came from my lack of prayer. It always, always comes back to that. It always comes back to that. And then what, what happens is as many times we neglect the number one thing that we should be doing, and, and we start complaining and we start bickering, and we start arguing and we start complaining and bickering and arguing, I already said that yeah, and we start doing those things over and over and over again, and we start building walls for people who are also sold out for Jesus because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And all of a sudden what happens is, is, is the few start losing hope. And getting discouraged, and God says, "You know what? Maybe you need to stop doing, and you need to start praying that God would stir in our hearts. Many of you this morning who would stand up and stand in the gap and be on mission with God. And I don't know what that looks like for each of you. But here's the thing: if we are a child of God, you are on mission, or we should be on mission. We should be living missional lives." Number four, we're almost done, I promise. You're like, you say that all the time, Brandon. Missional living requires thinking outside of the box. Here's an old saying, if you do things the way they've always been done, you'll get the same results you've always had. Um, I need to personally make some changes in my life. Um, I believe this church needs to make some changes. I believe that many of us this morning need to make some changes in our lives. Because the mission that God has called us to is a mission of movement. The the, the church should be a, a movement of God. Movement requires constant changing and developing. How many of you love change? Give me an amen. Like two of you. If the movement stops, it will become stagnant. And stagnation becomes very, very stinky. I can't think of a better word. I pray the Lord would continue to stir our hearts um, to do whatever it takes to reach people with the gospel, with the good news of Jesus. Whether it be outside the box, inside the box, on top of the box, under the box. That God would just break our hearts for the lostness. Not just in the nations, but at our doorsteps. Our neighbors. Some of you sitting here this morning. Number five, missional living means believing that resources will flow to the mission. And this is hard. I, I struggle with this. Um, anybody else, Anybody else a tightwad in here? And that can be an awesome thing. But that can also be a curse sometimes, too. Um, <laughs> my wife lets me know that I can ruin vacations very quickly that way. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. That cost me what for that? It doesn't matter how good the food is. It's awful. Like it just ruins your whole day. Some of you are laughing because you're that person too. You know, I'm so thankful that this church is wise with the resources God has given us but I think there has to be times in our life we have to pray big prayers that God is going to provide something bigger than what we're currently experiencing. And as I pray, God, you just got to increase my faith. Allow me to trust you more in this department of my life because I'm a tightwad Christian. But I want to see you move, not me move what you've given and try to just make it work. That'll work for a little bit, and then it stops. And then it becomes a struggle. Some of us have been there before. Acts 4. 33 through 34, says, With great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales. You know, you know we, I, I read scriptures like this. I'm just gonna be honest. I mean, that's that's New Testament. That was that was so long ago. That would never work. Anybody else? Like, I have so many excuses of why I couldn't do this. You want me to do what? Huh? I mean, you want me to leave and just go to Egypt the next day? Like what? Are you kidding me? Like, God, I, I'm I'm firmly planted here. I like, look what all I've done. I finally have the big house that I've I've been paying off for 185 years. I love how God just gently reminds us, hey, Brandon, I I, I own it all. Like, never forget that I'm, I'm the one. I, I am the great I am. I entrusted these things to you. And I want you to be a good steward. And yeah, there's times I'm so glad you're a tightwad, Brandon. Good job. But there's times I just want to lavishly move in your midst. Why don't you just get out of the way? Why don't you get out of the way? Number 6 and we're done. missional uh, living must have the spark of God. Um, anybody in here say that you come up with good ideas? Like, that's just, you know, I come up with some really good ideas and I've followed after them. Some of them are like, no, I've never had a good one. Some of us are, man, we're just, we're creative and we have good ideas and hey, if I go and do this, and some of us have been very successful because we've, we've, we've really had that idea, God's given us that and we've granted that to us and we follow, we're able to put the pieces together and follow through on things and get things done, like God's created some of us for that and he has, he has blessed many of us because that's where he's created us in a sense and that is an awesome thing, but some of us, you know what, we haven't had a good idea in a really long time. And many times we we struggle with the mission of of God in our lives of, of what does God want me to do? That's probably the biggest question that I hear. What does God want me to do? You know what my answer is? I was like, I have no idea, but God's word will tell you. Share the good news of Jesus Christ. To all nations. Yeah, but how? Like, I don't know. How's God gifted you? I I, I think sometimes we we hope that God has like a plan B for us. Like, surely God's not calling me to live a missional life in that way. Anybody else? There's a statistic that it says that let me go back to it real quickly, I don't want to mess it up. 97% 97% of the world has heard of Coca-Cola. Sorry, folks, not Dr. Pepper. Because the country that we were in just previously, they didn't have Dr. Pepper, and my, it, was, it, was, it was killing my wife. I'm just going to let you know, all right? Some of you know my wife. were like, yep. We almost paid like $6 for one. Her tightwad husband talked her out of it. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. It's exactly how it went down. I want, and I'm totally kidding, all right? <laughs> 74% of the world has seen a can of Coca-Cola. And as we were going to these little restaurants, they all, I mean, all of them had it. Like, everyone had Coca-Cola. 51% of the world has tasted Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola has been around for about 100 years. Now, if the mission of the church was to get Coca-Cola out, man, we would have succeeded a long, long time ago. But here's the thing. Our purpose and our mission is so much greater than that. (laughs) Our mission, our purpose is not temporal. It doesn't make us feel good just for a little while, and we're always in need of something else. You see, Jesus satisfies us for eternity. And there are so many people who need to hear the good news, the gospel message of Jesus Christ, and he is calling you, the church. So what's our purpose? To share the good news of Jesus Christ wherever God has you. Period. Period. And and here's the thing, we don't have to dress it up, we don't have to disguise it and try to act like it's something that it's not. Yeah, there's going to be moments where people just throw it back in your face, there's going to be those moments, And, and, and Jesus has warned us and Jesus hopefully has prepared us for those moments. But our mission, to live on mission with Christ, is to make Him known. I'm going to ask Terry to come back as we close our time together this morning. We're going to take just a moment... You see, I believe that the Holy Spirit can take these types of moments to speak truth into our lives. I I, I believe these, these last few minutes, I believe the Spirit of God could be working so powerfully in our lives that it puts us on a different trajectory in life. I'm not even sure I said that right. Like, I, I truly believe this could be a defining moment in our lives. Like, like, God, you're calling me to go to Egypt? Like, are you really? You mean you're, you're calling me next door to the guy whose dog barks all night long? And you want me to love on him and share the good news of Jesus Christ with him? Are you willing to risk? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to be uncomfortable? We cannot say no to any of these things and complete the mission that God has called us to. And I believe God is calling and stirring in our hearts right now. I believe God is calling some of you to stop what you're doing and and do something completely different for the name of Jesus. I believe God is wanting you to finally lay down whatever it is that is easily entangling you that you are tripping up and that is destroying your life and you know it and you have not been willing to do anything about it. But when the gospel message comes into our lives, there comes to a point where we have to either surrender to Almighty God or reject and walk away. It is our choice. I want to close with this. comes from um, one of my favorite authors, Charles Spurgeon. He believed this and he preached it often. Here's what it says. If you want to move a train, you don't need a new engine or even ten engines. You need to light a fire and get the steam up in the engine you now have. It is not a new person or a new plan, but the life of God in them that the church needs. You and I can be successful in the eyes of the world, and in the end lose it all. And lose it all. John 3.3 3 says, except a man be born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. Period. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're holding on to something. Maybe you've never come to a point in your life in absolute desperation of who God is. My prayer is that today would be the day of salvation for you. And for others, God has stirred in your heart. He's been calling you to something. And you have been saying no, no, no. And we have so many excuses. I've been there and I've done that. And I even, I even have a problem with that even in my life right now. And God is calling us to more than we can ever amass, ask or imagine. But we have to lay it down. We have to lay it down at Jesus' feet. And just as Isaiah said, God, here I am. Here I am. You know me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. I pray that God would send you and that you would run the race that God has set before you. I pray that you would live life on mission. I pray that you, your life, would make much of Jesus Christ. And in the end, stand before Almighty God, all Creator God, and say, you know what? Well done. Well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Oh, God. Just broken before you right now, Lord. God, I need you. Lord, we need you, Father. I want to pray, Lord, that there's anyone here this morning, Father. I, I pray that you would give them the boldness and the strength to lay down whatever it is that is keeping them from a relationship with you, God. Maybe it's control, maybe it's power. Maybe it's self, maybe it's pride. Oh God, break down those walls in our lives. Lord, I'm going to pray for for the many here this morning, God, who would claim to be followers of You, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would look at our own life, that we would look in the mirror and say, Lord, am I really following like, like, where in my life are you shining through? Lord, where in my life am I proclaiming you, Father? The way that I treat my wife and my, and my kids and my co-workers. Lord, how I spend the resources and, and use the resources that, that you have provided for us, God. God, I pray that you would break our hearts for what breaks yours. God, move in our midst, Father. Make us people of prayer. And God, I pray that you would do whatever you need to do in my life to get me to that point. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for Marius. I thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We celebrate all that you're doing, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of building your kingdom, God. Lord, we want to see you do more. God, thank you, Lord, for who you are. And all God's people said, Amen.